the Spotify curated playlists are only going to be viable as long as you're on those lists and they turn very, very frequently. You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, Andrew Abanov here, you are listening to the Music Growth Talks podcast and this episode number 136 features Michael Sloan from Streaming Promotions. We are going to talk about all the questions you've been having about promoting your music through playlists on Spotify here, so listen on. But before we get there, a quick note on the fact that I've just updated my personal website at andreabanov.com, there I now feature some of my honored patrons. Uh, Check it out and a massive shout out to everyone who supports me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash andreabanov. It's a small fraction of listeners, but I'm not giving up on on the platform, on that channel, and on the contrary, I have this vision where all the expenses associated with producing and releasing this podcast um, can be covered exclusively by the patrons, and I do want to build um, a small community of uh, like-minded artists there. Uh, No pressure, but uh, do consider becoming my patron for $1 per month. I will almost certainly increase it to $2 per month soon. It just would make a lot more sense because of all the transactional fees of patrons and so on. I'll share more on that all and, uh, you know, explain how to become an honored patron sometime this fall. Uh, so stay tuned and uh, do check it out at patreon.com forward slash Andrew Abanov. And as yet another reminder, if you're interested in marketing services from our agency, Dotted Music, go to agency.dotedmusic.com and fill out the form uh, with a few details about your projects and your goals so we can get back to you with ideas on how we could be of help. I know that some of you have been visiting the dotedmusic.com website for your show notes, but just making sure that um, if you are looking for uh, promotional help, uh, you check out the agency website at that URL I just spelled out. Now straight to the episode with Michael, be ready to take a lot of notes, here we go. Michael, welcome to Music Growth Talks. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So we are going to talk about some really interesting things and I guess you have an idea of how many questions we get from artists about about streaming and growing a following on streaming platforms and getting onto Spotify playlists. It's, it's the topic that seems to be hot and, and it, it's, it's, it's not fading away in, in the past several years. It's been even more prominent and important than... I mean, it's, it's interesting because even for there are many, like there are multiple ways to, to, to build a following online, starting with PI and social media and so on, the importance of streaming is, is ever growing. How does it look from your perspective? Clearly, you're running a business around yeah, streaming. Yeah, I mean, I'm running about around streaming and really trying to, you know, Spotify is really the only consumption platform, at least in the music space, that really works similarly to social media, right? So individuals having individual playlists that are followed, people seeking out music in that way. I mean, Apple Music 
has kind of the word cloud. Amazon is kind of direct. YouTube is still kind of figuring their platform out. You know, there's international things with with Dixter and some other some other platforms that still exist. But Spotify also being kind of the the largest in terms of subscription and usage. You know, we're just trying to f- obviously figure out how best to modify, well, not modify, but manipulate the algorithms to help grow audience. And we do that through influencer marketing, through user-generated playlists. So people that just have following on the playlist, we try to get ads to those lists by, you know, using methods that are within the terms and conditions and end-user agreement of Spotify. So that means nothing botted. So no no robots just spinning tracks over and over and no pay for placement. So not paying to get on any lists, which is also in violation of the end-user agreement. And really just trying to be, you know, as ethical as possible, getting more monthly listeners, which monthly listeners typically translates into a larger spin count from Discover Weekly, Release Radar, Daily Mood, and anything else algorithmic that Spotify is trying out at the time. So we're just trying to obviously grow audience. We're in a we're in an era where there are 40,000 tracks released every day per tune course. So um, there's a lot of music being released, and we're trying our best on behalf of our clients to help cut through the noise and, and grow some audience. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear about your approach because you're competing. You're in an interesting space because you're competing with so many platforms that offer guaranteed amounts of plays and streams yeah, and, and guaranteed placements <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, I would say anytime that you're dealing with anyone that guarantees you yeah, anything, exactly. you're probably dealing with somebody that is uh, that is not running a, a, a clean shop. It's impossible to guarantee, you know, if I'm dealing with... Uh, the tastes of others, the tastes of, you know, individuals, I can't guarantee they're going to place anything unless guaranteeing it through some type of payment, or I'm guaranteeing it through, you know, some type of robot or some type of unauthentic method. So we're, we're very, and I've been that way from day one of starting this company was, I don't want to be in the promotions game if the promotions game means payola. I come from, you know, a record label background and a management background. So I didn't want to be in a space where we were trying to, you know, unethically game the system. We knew those people would come, and we they were they were there to a certain extent when we started the company. But and they've definitely come out in droves in the last couple of years. But you know, we've it's been tough, tougher on us. Um, you know, as curators get big lists and then start people that used to respond to us and say we'd love to take a listen to we'd love to take twenty dollars for <laughs> placement in the right. on the list for a week. You know, we tell them to go fly a kite. Quite honestly, it's not worth us jeopardizing the music for one because if that's caught by spotify one that list is going to get removed and then anything on that list is going to be scrutinized by spotify to see what else they might be doing in the way of you know buying streams or using bots so have we, you had we, 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 <laughs> yeah, really sorry for interrupting you but no, have, no, you no, actually, have you actually seen such cases where artists uh suffer from from getting these fake streams oh, uh no no not not in terms of like lacking the number of subscribers, for example, because they may have uh, hundreds of thousands of streams and 20 subscribers. But do you know if Spotify actually penalizes the artists for, for these? Yes, we've, I mean, on numerous occasions, I've had clients come to me. We can typically see through through insights just through the account. We also use a couple of different services with Chartmetric being one of them. We can go in and research and basically see, you know, if we see inordinate amount of streams coming from you know, a region of the country where that artist wouldn't normally be prevalent. It's pretty, Spotify has gotten pretty quick to to remove that account or remove those tracks. They're in violation. They haven't gotten quite as keen on how 
on pay for placement. So figuring out what lists are paying for for follow or paying for for placement of tracks, though they are getting more vigilant about that and reaching out to us to ask, you know, if we know of violators, I'm not in the business of snitching. So that that hasn't been anything that we're we're going to do at this time, but we know it's happening. So we're very aware. We've got a list of, you know, 700 or so playlists that have asked us for money at some point over the last four and a half years. And it's a list we keep, but it's nothing we're going to do. It just, it's just for us to know that if we find something that could be viable, we, we aren't going to reach out to that person unless they're going to listen to it based on merit and add because of that. Interesting. Yeah, I'm curious if any of our listeners will reach out to you asking for that list. But no, I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure not. But just thinking that there is actually value for some acts who... Uh... Sure, I mean, there has... I would love for Spotify to come to us and ask that question. But at this point, it's not, you know, I don't want to, we have valuable relationships and that's what our business is based on. So I don't want to go violating the trust of any potential curator by violating that. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's appreciated. And I hope to everyone listening to us, the message is clear. We're not, we, we haven't mentioned that, but yeah, it's, it's quite straightforward. Getting uh, fake streams uh, on, on your song may hurt you in the long run uh, and you, you need to be really careful with paying for placements for a number of reasons as well. Anyway, it's, it's really, it's such an interesting space here. So, so the, another question which is being brought up quite a bit lately from what I see, third-party playlist as curators uh, and uh, official Spotify playlists, which tend to get the biggest amount of streams. Sure. So how uh, do, is is the the smaller playlist just a path to to be noticed for algorithms and and so on by uh, official curators uh, editors of of Spotify playlists or you actually see some really cool engagement coming from authentic third party playlists? Sure, I mean there's yeah you know, I'm never going to be any of my efforts are never going to be as if I get you on New Music Friday right or if if you as an artist get on New Music Friday. You know, I can get you on 15 playlists that probably won't match the number of streams you'll get out of New Music Friday from that week. But you also have to realize it's one week. You know, the Spotify specific playlists, the Spotify curated playlists are only going to be viable as long as you're on those lists and they turn very, very frequently. So we're looking to supplement any type of Spotify playlists that you might get. So we're we're in a place where we're trying to you know, supplementary that type of issues is that type of that situation. We're also trying to make sure that, you know, if you aren't going to get on a Spotify list, which if you look at 40,000 tracks a day, it'd be impossible for, it'd be yeah. impossible for you to, uh, to, to think that Spotify is going to be able to go through that volume of music. So there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of tracks a week that aren't going to make a Spotify curated list. You know, we're also a great place for artists to build with us to a place where you're starting to get monthly listeners that might get you recognized or noticed by by Spotify. So it's we work kind of in complement to Spotify. We we would never say that, you know, if we, we we were based in Nashville. So if you get on Hot Country or New Boots or one of those playlists, you know, our efforts aren't going to generate more traction than a Spotify curated list. But at the same time, there's only so much real estate on those playlists. And so we're in a place where, you know, we can help you build up. So you might be on the radar of of a Spotify curator or, you know, or we might be able to supplement that if you are, you know, if you are a major artist that has a release that's going to get picked up by Spotify immediately, you know, we can help be a cushion if you get pulled off and, and your monthly listeners start to drop. And we can also help supplement that in a way that is going to help build you algorithmically. So you might be getting in, in larger buckets or different in front of different populations 
based on our efforts that might not be direct. If you're a if you're an Americana artist or if you're a rock artist or if you're a pop artist, maybe we're hitting things that are in a subgenre or in some type of you know word cloud situation mood type playlist, and we're going to be able to get you a wider audience. So that's really the goal. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So it, indeed, it's interesting what kind of experiments Spotify is going to roll out in the nearest future, where some of these playlists are partly editorial and partly algorithmic, where it could be interesting as well if some of your clients, for example, may end up on these bigger playlists, but just for some of the a smaller portion of the Spotify listeners. So, you know, just you definitely know more on these developments than than, than I do, but uh, I'm trying to keep an eye on the news. It seems that nothing that Spotify has been rolling out recently is like too bad news to you from what I gather. How do you feel about all the recent experiments with introducing podcasts more and trying to, to move into this general audio category, not just the music category for Spotify? Yeah, I, I'm all for you know a, adoption to whatever medium that, that Spotify thinks is going to get the most traction to the, pl- to, to the platform. So whatever is keeping users engaged longer means they might be listening to a podcast now, but as long as Spotify is launched and open, you know, the likelihood of them then going to a playlist after that is high. So I'm happy that whatever they're doing to, to that they feel like and they're trying out that they feel like is keeping users engaged longer is just a stronger likelihood of them finding new music, our clients' music, you know, different playlists, different different ways to keep them engaged. So, you know, I, I think it's all for the good. The more types of playlists, the more types of algorithmic playlists that they continue to try out is only beneficial for the work that we're doing. So yeah. I feel like in the next five to 10 years, there will be more more algorithmic playlists than not, most likely, just because, as we know, robots are less expensive to operate than people and curators. So I think there will always be some human touch and human element to Spotify playlists, but I foresee them using a great deal of, of algorithms only benefits us in the way that you know and and the independent artist in a way that they can then get exposed and and, and find new audience right right so you've mentioned algorithms quite a few times and i will understand the context but some of our listeners may be really interested in hearing a bit more on that so any particular hacks that you can reveal or any ways to uh positively affect the algorithm in an ethical way if it makes sense no, yeah. I mean, in an ethical way, the only way to get additional monthly listeners is to find an audience for your, your music, right? So, you know, we are not the magic bullet by any by any stretch of the imagination. Ideally, you would be doing some type of social media outreach, some type of PR, some type of touring, uh, some other way and, and other ways to advance, you know, your career and your music. On what we do and algorithms, uh, to back up, I guess, algorithmic playlists are unique to an individual user and they are based on the user and listening habits of the individual user. So I, Michael Sloan, have a lot of, well, I listen to a lot of different types of music, but my listening habits are what drive my daily mixes, right? So you get daily, I I have daily mix one through six. I've got anything that's coming through my release radar, anything that's coming through Discover Weekly, anything that's coming through I've got summer rewinds and time capsules. So all those t- all, all those playlists are unique to the individual user. And those are being fed to you through algorithms. So they're being fed to you based on mathematical formulas on the back end of Spotify that are saying, if you like this, then you might also like these things. 
our goal through getting ads on user-generated lists is to help you get into those buckets of of those algorithms, right? So to, to, to expand, you might be able to reach 500 people now. We're hoping that you're able to reach 50,000 people through the different algorithms beyond what you just be able to do through the user-generated playlist. I'm trying to explain that. It's obviously very complicated. I wish that I had you know, what, what the mathematical formula was on my end, I'd be able to uh, much better manipulate my artists <laughs> in, into the right spot. Totally. Um, so we're always monitoring. We know that Spotify has been testing about 250 lists in beta over the last six months. Some of those, like there's a playlist in the States called Your Daily Drive, which is kind of interspersed with news and music and more like a, you would in, you know, on a morning commute. So we're trying to see, you know, how is that affected? What's going in those lists? You know, is it recent listens? Is it, you know, what's triggering those things? So we constantly try to stay on top of, you know, what's triggering what. Yeah, yeah. The, you can the, get a sense as to what you're, what you're going to be fed by going into your own personal profile and kind of looking at recently played artists and look at your, like what playlist you have publicly and, and you can get a sense as to what's been recently played and what you're following. I guess an important message here is that uh, it's not just uh, about getting the streams through the placements that you arrange, but also affecting these algorithms. So it's uh, it's all connected. So the, the traction yeah, that you may be getting from these playlists. Yeah, it's much more monthly listener driven than it is stream you know, per track driven. Um, okay. It's also defined by age. So how long has the track been on, on the platform? You're not going to get onto release radar if your track is more than three weeks old. You're not going to get on to Discover Weekly, most likely, unless your track is within the last, you know, six months. And at that point, once you trigger Discover Weekly, you'll probably only be on to for six to eight weeks with an individual track. If you're having success there, it might bounce to another track. But six to eight weeks is kind of the the longevity we've seen with Discover Weekly. Daily mixes. Once you're in there, and you're, you you can stay in there for for a long time. So that's a good one. If you've if you've fallen into someone's daily mix, it, it might stay that way for two to three weeks the track's only going to stay in there for two to three weeks it also is not going to be longer older or have been on the platform for more than two to three weeks discover weekly can be triggered at any time but you're probably well can be triggered at any time as long as your music has been on the platform for six months or less you'll probably stay on discover weekly for six to eight weeks per track that's kind of what we've seen and then daily mixes can stay on for a much longer length of time just because some of that's going to be catalog music and historical music based on the listening preferences of that individual user. So, and we continue to try out all kinds of new things. So we've got daily drive here. There's some other algorithmic things that are made just for you. You can kind of get a sense for that. If you go into the made for the user section of Spotify, see what they're trying out for you now. Yeah. So somewhat related question, how important from your experience is uh, the, the initial traction the track gets uh, after being released like in the first week? It's huge. Anything you can do to get out of the gate, any playlist that you might be able to get on out of the gate, that's one of you know one of the things we really push for when we're working new music is to make sure that we're trying to get traction early. You know, once we start to get traction, it's obviously kind of goes into that discover weekly kind of section of things, but you're not going to hit release radar unless you have 10,000 plus monthly listeners is kind of what we've seen. Like we haven't seen anyone reach, you can start hitting a, a release radar with less than 10,000 monthly listeners. If someone out there has evidence otherwise, I'd, I'd love to see it and, and kind of check that out. But so you really have to, it, it mm-hmm. depends on what traction you have prior and then kind of what you're releasing new. So a lot of it has to do with as far as gaming the system is releasing music with frequency, right? So every 
three or four months, there should be something new on the platform to help continue to drive the train forward and continue to grow that number. So if, if you aren't to 10,000 month listeners yet, but you have a pretty loyal following, then just keep releasing music with some frequency and you should be able to double down on those numbers. And then once you're able to start to trigger release radar, you'll, you'll see another spike there. And then if you can continue to release, you'll, you'll continue to stay and discover weekly while you're releasing more music through release radar and you'll, you'll get a spike there. So it's really just, it's a slow grind of continuing to release and making sure you're, you're trying to, I mean, at least Spotify specifically. I mean, there are reasons for artists to do different things based on different platforms. But if, if your goal is to reach a maximum audience on Spotify, it's, it's really about making sure you're continuing to, to do that grind and release music with frequency. That's that's really cool and uh, and, and and specific and insightful. I really appreciate the, the these kind of advice because it's yeah it is specific something that something that all of uh, musicians out there understand is that they want uh, more more streams and and uh, and following on Spotify and something less interesting to talk about potentially but uh, equally important maybe sometimes even more important is how to transfer those uh, streams into actual fans, how to convert passive listeners in, into fans. It's, it's kind of a, a, an interesting, cool uh, problem to, to work on, but do you have any insights on that? Maybe you've seen some interesting cases among your clients, how the instruction you helped generate actually helped these acts get more uh, gigs, uh, sales, and so on. I mean, so, it's right. You know, the, obviously... It's a river of micro pennies in the Spotify world, right? So those pennies add up, but unless you're doing great numbers, it's not a huge financial windfall. You know, our goal really is to you know, what are your other what are your other objectives? If you get a hundred thousand monthly listeners on Spotify, you know, what is that generating outside of Spotify? I mean, as opposed to a little bit of revenue, you know, are you are you getting a manager? Is that is that the goal? Are you trying to get an agent or to get a better agent or to book more gigs? You know, we've worked with a lot of clients for a long period of time, and some of them have gone from from a very small monthly listener number. You know, I, we could give a specific example, but I won't call out the artist. But we started working with an artist about two and a half years ago that had fifteen thousand monthly listeners, and now them up, they're at one point five million. So they've gone from, and they put out a lot of cover stuff, but they've been able to go from, you know, playing very small gigs to doing some fifteen hundred, three thousand seat venues to opening up for artists on you know five to seven thousand seat arenas so really grown in a very specific genre but they've been able to really see some traction so i think it's all about setting your objective as an artist what are you trying to do what are your goals beyond getting a million streams next to your track right because that's vanity but if you can turn that into touring if you can turn that into fans if you can turn that into a to merchandise you know your real goal there is to not I look at it as an activation funnel, right? People can be aware of you and they can listen to you, but what happens once they've, you know, really become a consistent fan, right? They, they're coming back for more. What else do you have to offer them? So it, it can be a merchandise line. It can be, you know, rare tracks. It can be you having great Instagram stories and engagement there. Like, how are you really engaging that fan? And then what do you have for them to buy? Is it a show? Are you playing in their area? Is there type of, some type of VIP experience that you can do on top of that? You know, the monetization of fan, there's there's a lot of new ways to be able to to do that through technology. I mean, is it a one-to-one Skype conversation, right? With your favorite, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of X artist and they might not be a big deal now, but 
I'm a huge fan of them and I'd pay $20 to, to have a, a Skype conversation or do a, there are ways to monetize those experiences. Even if you aren't doing you know, a, a traditional tour or if you don't have you know, merchandise to sell, there are ways to continue to monetize the experience with a fan just because that's what fandom is, right? Is, is wanting to get closer to the artists that we care about. So certainly ways to take it beyond just the Spotify realm, you know, having been in management and having worked at a label, like that's, that's the ultimate goal. The goal is not just to get you to listen to the music and, be a, and become a fan of the music. The, the goal is to become a fan of the, of the artist and you know, want to take the next step. Yep. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. It's something that, that we bring up on this podcast quite a lot. So I'm glad that you are looking into uh, helping artists beyond uh, Spotify streams, even for it's clearly the focus of your company. It makes uh, it makes perfect sense that you, you just focus on that stage of the funnel you mentioned. Any tips on, uh, and it's absolutely unrelated, but uh, I'm trying to get more practical uh, insights from you. Uh, any tips uh, on using uh, Spotify for artists, uh, maybe the analytics in particular? So anything that you've seen artists really benefit from the data that Spotify provides? Oh, directly? man, if you aren't using uh, Spotify for artists and you aren't taking a look you know, through how you're comparing to other artists that you feel like are on the same level or a level above you, if you aren't trying to if you aren't trying to educate yourself on the game, right, then you're probably already two steps behind. Looking at other people's release schedules, a lot of what we were able to learn about, you know, the optimum or optimal way of releasing music was by taking a look you know, four or five years ago now at Chainsmokers, at, at looking at how Drake was releasing EPs. Everything seemed to be in three month month increments. Everything seemed, you know, with Chainsmokers, it was releases and then cover, you know, and, and then and then remixes like every anywhere from seven to twenty one days, right? It was just constantly releasing music drake the same way was kind of every three months we would see this spike and then this plateau and then a spike and then a plateau but there was never a dip so i mean you can depending on how analytical you are you can glean a lot of information from insights and getting a sense as to what's triggering what and how things are how things are moving so i'm a big proponent of, of jumping in there and watching those numbers that's one of the reasons that at streaming promotions we watch some of that for you and uh, juxtapose it with uh, with Chartmetric and some other services uh, and send out weekly reports. So we've got a weekly report showing monthly listeners, showing your your adoption discover weekly or to release radar, the ads that you're getting across the platform, the ads that we're getting on your behalf, feedback we're getting from curators. So there's a lot of information there. And some of it you take it with a grain of salt, but I mean, a lot of that is ammunition you can take to an agent, to a manager, to a label, depending on what your next step and your next objective is to to kind of grow your career. Yeah, very cool. So the, the call to action to anyone who, who hasn't claimed their artist profile on Spotify for artists, do that as soon as possible. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate everything sure. you've shared so far. Where can uh, our listeners and artists in particular or management companies working with, uh, uh, with uh, artists in various genres learn more about uh, streaming promotions? Sure, it's streamingpromotions.com. So I was fortunate enough to have that URL available when we started the company. You can reach me through the contact form. Everything comes to me and Megan, who's in our sales team. So we'll get back to you pretty quickly. Uh, we get about 200 submissions a month. So we still listen to everything. We might kindly tell you that it's not a fit for us, whether it be on musicality or just kind of the audience or, you know, where, where we have, we're not very strong, unfortunately, and, you know, acoustic piano tracks. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if it's if there's something right, okay. I mean, we get we get things that come in. And it's like, uh, how do you how do you feel about promoting this 
like sleepy time kids music or something or, or like this is a track full of uh wave sounds for for you to sleep to and i'm like i don't i don't know that we have an audience for that um or uh, we, we don't really have curators that are working those lists but as long as it's something that's you know kind of in modern music in you know in in the same vein of uh, of what's being released which there are 40,000 tracks so that's a lot of stuff but we we've got a pretty wide array of of curators we've got about 2700 playlists that we are in contact with daily and my promotion team is is five so there's five people that are reaching out daily and having conversations with these curators and continuing to try to get music in front of them so it's it's pretty vast but yeah just hit hit us up through the website uh, the contact form that should be there on the first page tell them that you heard us here and uh and i'll be sure to take a listen and, and get in touch awesome Michael, thank you so much. Uh, really looking forward to uh, to seeing how uh, your uh, service develops, and uh, oh yeah, hopefully we'll walk in the future to. as well. So yeah, thanks a lot, and um, yeah, really right, appreciate thanks it. Thanks a lot. Thanks to Michael, and thank you all for listening. If you have any additional questions, if you're considering to hire streaming promotions, then you've heard it. Just reach out to them and uh, you will almost certainly hear back with some feedback and um, ideas on how they can be of help uh, and yeah if you if you have any kind of general questions about spotify um drop a comment on uh, twitter i'm linking to streaming promotions twitter handle in the show notes and also our twitter and our instagram we recently changed our username there the handle on instagram is now Dot music, very straightforward. Um, uh, you can also leave a comment on SoundCloud, and uh, if you have a more of a general feedback, and if you want uh, to help me spread the word about this podcast, if you want more musicians and uh, industry professionals to hear this podcast, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It will be massively appreciated. So yeah, thank you so much. Till the next episode of Music Growth Talks. Stay in touch. You've been listening to Music Growth Talks with Andrew Apanov. Find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com.